Now, our reading this morning is continuing our series in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 19, and we are going to read from verses 13 through to 15, a short reading this morning uh, about the little children and Jesus, and Rona is going to come and read that for us today. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 to 15. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Now, if you do have your Bible with you this morning, please do turn back to Matthew chapter 9 as we uh, continue our series in Matthew's Gospel. Now, this morning we're continuing this series uh, together and we're looking at just a few verses uh, in Matthew chapter 19. Now, last week we, we thought about what Jesus said about marriage and what he said about divorce And I guess that ended up being a little bit more relevant uh, than we might have realized due to what happened in our country uh, during this past week and the furore over the leadership in the SNP. It was also quite uh, strange that um, on Monday night we were part of a life group and we've been looking at Daniel and we happened to reach Daniel chapter 6 which is a story of Daniel in the lion's den. And of course, what happens in uh, Daniel chapter 6 is Daniel uh, standing up for his faith uh, and refusing to bow down uh, to uh, the king. It's all about integrity. And so uh, over this past week, we've had things that have been very relevant uh, to the situation uh, that we find ourselves as a nation at this time. Now today, in today's passage, you might be pleased to know that we're perhaps on easier ground uh, with the three verses that we read this morning. Now, note that I said easier, but not necessarily easy. Our passage today concerns people bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and to pray for them. Now, Of course, we have recently, in Matthew's Gospel, had a situation with little children involved, haven't we? We only need to look back a a chapter uh, to the beginning of chapter 18, when the disciples asked the question as to what it means to be great in the kingdom of heaven. And we see Jesus' response, don't we, at the beginning of chapter 18, that Jesus takes a little child amongst them, And uses that child as an example to the disciples that they need to have childlike faith. Otherwise, they will never enter the kingdom of God. And so Jesus points at humility as a key point and a key part of kingdom teaching. Now, clearly, the disciples struggle to grasp this, don't you? Sometimes when we read the Gospels, we can read it with a bit of exasperation when we think about the disciples. Why don't they get it? 
Why don't they get it? Jesus is constantly saying these things to them, and yet they seem not to get it. I think it would be very easy for us to be quite harsh on the disciples. But the fact is that they're living in the moment, aren't they? We've got this written down. and We can look at Matthew 18 and then Matthew 19. We know what happens further on in the story. We know that Jesus goes to the cross. We know that Jesus dies. We know that this is really unexpected for the disciples. They're there living in the moment. But the disciples are clearly not grasping the nature of the kingdom. Now, God willing, we'll look at the rich young man next week. And the disciples' amazement that someone like that who has wealth and, and status might not enter the kingdom. And in the following week or a couple of weeks' time after that, We'll also see the, the mother of James and John, two of the disciples, asking Jesus to remember them at the coming of the kingdom and to give them places of honor at his right and his, and his left hand. So clearly, throughout the Gospels, we see the disciples struggle with the idea of status, and they're attracted by wealth and power rather than being attracted by the kingdom values of humility and putting others first. So this has been a, a constant theme throughout the Gospels. Now, it would be very easy for us to say about the disciples, how petty are they? How did they get it so wrong at all these stages? But really, as we point the finger at the disciples, remember there are three fingers pointing back towards us. Because are we any different, really? Is our society any different? Because what does society do? It chases after status. It chases after wealth. It chases after celebrity. It doesn't seem to put much value into humility and putting others first and building others up rather than pulling them down, does it? So it would be easy for us to be harsh on the disciples, but the reality is that even today, and even in the church today, people are attracted to status and power over good character, integrity, and humility. Now today's passage comes after Jesus' teaching about marriage and divorce, and Perhaps it's appropriate that it's about children being the next natural step after marriage. And our passage concerns people bringing little children to Jesus to place his hands on them and to pray for them. Now, obviously, there were all kinds of people who came to Jesus. And at many times throughout the Gospels, we see that huge crowds were following Jesus. Remember, for example, the story of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus being a very small man, and he, couldn't, he just couldn't get to Jesus because there was such a great crowd uh, around him. And so he had to climb up uh, the sycamore tree. That would have been a regular thing. That Jesus was surrounded by crowds. Huge crowds. All different kinds of people. And it shouldn't really be a surprise to us that people wanted to bring their children to Jesus. To bless them. And to pray for the children. 
Because after all, who did they understand Jesus to be? They knew that Jesus was someone who was special. They understood that Jesus might have been a prophet of some type. They didn't fully grasp he was the very son of God. But they wanted to bring their children to Jesus. But we see at the end of verse 13, the disciples rebuked those who were bringing children to Jesus. Now, there could be a couple of reasons for this. The first, and this is very much thinking the best of the disciples here, is that they were, they were simply trying to look after the, the welfare of Jesus. That they were aware that, you know, Jesus is on the go all the time. He's always doing ministry here, there, everywhere. And so they were, they were almost trying to act as a, a security cordon around Jesus. That's what they were trying to do, perhaps. I think that's thinking the best of the disciples. I think the most natural reading of this passage, and in the, in the light of the context too, is that the disciples thought that the children were not worthy to come to Jesus. And that people were wasting his time bringing the children. Now we have to realize here that in this culture, in terms of significance, children were bottom of the scale. They had no social status. And so it's probably in the minds of the disciples, why are people bringing children to Jesus? He has much more important things to do and much more important people to speak to. And that's why they rebuke those who are bringing children to Jesus. Don't bring them. Don't bring your children. Jesus is is far too important for that. Keep them back. They they don't mean anything. That's basically what the, the disciples are saying to these people. You see, they see people bringing children to Jesus as a waste of Jesus' time. Now, of course, this shows that the disciples have learned little, doesn't it? Because again, what do, we, what do we find here? That's not the end of the story. The disciples rebuking these people and the children go away and, you know, in tears, perhaps. I don't know. That's not the end of the story, is it? Sometimes we need to be surprised again by what Jesus does. Because Jesus surprises the disciples. He says in a very well-known verse, Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And Jesus places his hands on these children, conveying a blessing from God. He doesn't stop them. Now there are two things I think we can legitimately take from this passage this morning. The first is literally about children. You see, children were seen as second-class citizens in antiquity, that Jesus shouldn't really be bothered by them. And notice here that it's, it's not even just children. It's little children. So I don't know what little children, I don't know how it's diminutive in Greek. I don't know how that is expressed. I don't know if that's, you know, under five, perhaps. But it's small children. That's the point here. It's not even children who have grown up a bit. Little children. And yet, Jesus takes note of these little children. He doesn't ignore them. 
Now, when Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, Jesus is not saying that these children are automatically saved. That is not what he's saying. That is not the point here. Rather, the point is that children are welcome. Children are welcome. And the question for us this morning, or the first question is, do we make children welcome? Do we make children welcome? Do we look down on them as not worthy, as the disciples did in all probability? Or do we value our young people as being just as important as those with status, i.e. those who are older? So that's the first point, isn't it? Do we value children in the church? Do we care for them? Do we nurture them? You see, one of the things that we lack in the Church of Scotland is young people. We struggle to engage with young people. And did we really struggle to attract people under 50? If we did a little poll this morning and we put to one side all those over 50 and those under 50, I suspect we'd have a very small group under 50 here this morning. Now the question is, why is that? Why do we struggle to attract younger people? Why do we struggle to attract children? Is it that society has changed so much? Or are there other reasons, such as the church has looked down on children as an inconvenience and not worth their time? You see, I've been so delighted recently that so many at our service have taken part in our children's songs and done the actions. Even if you're a bit embarrassed, as I am, you know, doing the actions on a Sunday morning. I know children's songs are not everyone's cup of tea, but surely we can throw one song because the children are important. Maybe indeed we should do more. And so the first thing from this passage is, whether do we value children? Do we value children in the church? Do we speak to our children or do we ignore them? Do we encourage them? Do we think that they are worthy of the kingdom of God? Jesus did. Now the second point from this passage today is this. In speaking about children, Jesus is not saying that they are automatically saved. But the fact is that children are dependent. And children, especially small children, little children, if you want to put it in those terms, they know they're dependent, don't they? They rely on their their parents to feed them, to clothe them, and to provide for them. They don't go shopping themselves, do they? They don't go home and, and make the dinner. Certainly my boys don't. They rely on their parents, don't they? And notice that in this passage, Jesus says here that the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Another translation has it that the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. In other words, those who have a childlike and dependent attitude and those who come to Jesus in the right spirit. Now, of course, this links back 
to the beginning of chapter 18, doesn't it? But it also links forward to what comes next in chapter 19, the story of the rich young man, and then in chapter 20, with the mother of James and John, requesting that James and John can sit at the right and left of Jesus in the kingdom. You see, even though this passage is about children, it's also about those who have childlike faith. Not childish faith, but childlike faith. And it's again Jesus reminding the disciples that no one is barred from him. No one. That he has come for the sinners and not for the righteous. And actually, this is a real challenge for the church. You see, even in the church, we can be attracted to power, can't we? And status rather than right standing before God. As you all know, at at times in the past, elders were appointed more on their job title or their place in society rather than on their qualities or on the qualities of an elder as found in Scripture. I hope that is no longer the case. But sometimes we can fall into the trap, sometimes unwittingly, of thinking that Jesus and the gospel is for the respectable, those with status, those with power, and like the disciples, we we can block the way from those who really need Jesus. And we can block the way for them to come to him. Are we like the disciples, rebuking others, saying no? Not wittingly maybe, but saying no, this is not a place for you. And so this is a challenge for us in the church and to us in the church here in West Kilbride. And it's a good challenge as we move out of our month of prayer. And I hope you have been praying uh, this month. I hope you've been praying for your two people uh, this month. And as we move to our our month of invitation beginning uh, on Wednesday, you see, do we really reach out to all with the good news of the gospel? Are there any that we are excluding? Are there any unintentional biases that we are holding, like the disciples had, that mean we are trying to stop people coming to Jesus? And if this is the case, then we need to have the courage to get out of the way. You see, as we know, the laying aside of status was was really difficult for the disciples. They kept bickering about who, which one of them was the greatest. And at the root of all this is, is pride. And it's at the root of all things for us too, isn't it? Because we desire sometimes status. We desire recognition. But the countercultural Christian message is to lay aside our status, to humble ourselves, and to put God number what? Number one, to put God number one. That's the first command, isn't it? That we looked at with the children. You should have no gods before me. And yet often we can be guilty of putting ourselves before God rather than submitting to him. You see, the reality is when you're a Christian, you died with Christ. You're no longer your own because you were bought at a price. You were raised with Christ, a new creation. Therefore, there is nothing to boast about. That's what it says in Romans. 
what Paul says. The only thing that matters is Christ and us. Romans 3 says boasting is excluded because our salvation is not based on us. It's all about Jesus. All about him. Why? Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there simply isn't anything to boast about. And so instead, with with childlike faith and humility and dependency, we come before God. And the absolutely amazing thing is that God does not ignore us. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But he accepts us because of what Jesus has done. You see, can you imagine in this scenario, you know, the disciples are are keeping these children away from Jesus. Imagine Jesus says, quite right, lads. That's it, keep them away. Don't want them. But Jesus doesn't do that, does he? And he doesn't do that for us either. He doesn't say, no, hold on a second. Hold you at arm's length. You're, you're not good enough. He says, come, come. All who will put their faith and trust in me, come. He doesn't ignore us. He accepts us. So today, from this short passage this morning, do we value and look out for our young people? Jesus did. He didn't ignore them, and neither should we. Do we look down on others because of their lack of status? Well, Jesus doesn't ignore the marginalized and the the powerless, and neither should we. Are we relying this morning on our status to get us into the kingdom of heaven? Well, remember this morning, our status won't save us. Only Christ can. So in childlike dependency, we need to put our faith and trust in him and put God number one. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, a short passage this morning, and yet there is many in this passage, or much in this passage to challenge us. It challenges our attitude towards our young people, towards our children. Do we truly make them welcome? Do we really desire that they would come into the kingdom of God? And we thank you for the example of Jesus, who instead of listening to the disciples, effectively rebukes the disciples by saying to them to let the children to come to him and not to stop them. Father, we ask for forgiveness for those times we've been more like the disciples than we have been like Jesus. Help us to show a real welcome to our young people. Help us, Lord God, to help them grow in faith and to nurture them and to bless them. And Father, we also recognize that throughout Matthew's gospel, we see the disciples struggling. Because they're constantly bickering about which one of them is the greatest. They are attracted to status and power. Rather than understanding the kingdom of heaven is all about humility. And putting Jesus first. 
And we pray in our own lives, Lord God, for, uh, we ask for forgiveness for those times where we've taken more stock in status and in power than we have in good Christian character in humility and integrity. And Father, we pray for ourselves this day that you would help us to reach out to those who are perhaps marginalized in the same way that Jesus did. That you would give us courage to speak words of grace and encouragement to those who really, really need you. And we pray also in our own lives, Lord God, that we would not seek status or power, but in your upside kingdom values, that as Jesus humbled himself, that we too would humble ourselves, that we too would understand that our salvation is not based on our works or anything that we can do. It's based on grace, grace alone. And therefore we have nothing to boast about. Help us therefore to be people who are humble. Help us to be filled with humility. Help us to be people who are compassionate and gracious. Help us to be the people you've created us to be. Help us to show Christ-like values. So Lord God, speak to us through your word this day we pray. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.